Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. North Louisiana. What up? How goes Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe alongside from the Washita Citizen Jake Martin. Jake, what's up, bud? Welcome back. Hey, thanks. How's it going? Good. I was running at about seventeen uh, percent yesterday. You returned from New Orleans, so I expect you to be at least at thirty four percent this morning. I am above thirty four percent, thankfully. All right. Um, it feels like I, I came back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was sick, and then I went to New Orleans and yeah, got that's no always sleep. Good. That works yeah. out well. No, yeah, yesterday and, and, and Sunday, I was I was really bad off. But, uh, yeah, I woke up today feeling all right, so all right. let's ride. Uh, before we get to headlines, i got to ask you, uh, you being the high roller that you are, you go down to the Ugh. Big Easy, and then, of course, uh, you uh, spend some time in the casinos. But more importantly, you went to a Pels game, and you were in a suite, correct? Yes, ah. it was awesome. It was so cool. Um, you know, first of all, well, we got there early just because we want to check out the suite, and it was very nice. And uh, from the pictures, I just thought that was the crowd at a Pell's game. <laughs> no, it was actually a decent crowd. You know, they kind of filed in, and considering that Kyrie Irving didn't even play, which I was pretty bummed about. Mm-hmm. Wanted to see Kyrie, but uh. Didn't even play, and uh, still a pretty decent crowd. I will say, it never gets old watching Anthony Davis. Mm. He is so fun to watch, how long he is and how athletic he is. And uh, Jason Tatum really is a good a good ball player for Boston. He When they get fully healthy, when he's their third scoring option, they're going to be nasty. But unfortunately, you know, Kyrie's banged up. And we all know Gordon Hayward's been out and likely won't return this year, so – yeah, but when he and I guess back, the beauty of it being in a suite, you had a few TVs on and could watch a little March Madness during the well, Pels game. The only problem was they had it on like college baseball, like TCU. They TC- have a remote. I couldn't find one. <laughs> they had it on like uh, TCU, and I was just like, man, what the heck? But I, I was glued into the game. Yeah. I wasn't going to watch TV while yeah. I was there. Yeah. It was fun. Did you walk into a few uh, establishments and they did not have March Madness on? Um, or do you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, the casino. You should have saw the look at his face. It was. Literally. I was trying to remember it because I, I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to. Yeah. I will admit that. Um, the casino Sunday didn't have March Madness on all day, and I was like, they were had like NIT on and and WNIT, and I was just like, can we get at least one TV on March Madness? <laughs> like, come on. So I didn't, I don't think I watched any March Madness yeah. Sunday. I got to watch a good bit Saturday, but yeah, I was pretty. And that's when Sunday's when all the craziness happened. Uh, I told the story yesterday. We stayed uptown. We stayed in this historical house, and it was, it was beautiful. This and that, and you know, I had a library and things like no that. TV and no TV. Oh. And I was just like, and then a couple times we'd make a stop at certain places, and they'd have like on no disrespect to tennis, but they would have tennis on. I was like, do we know what time of the year? It is? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they would have boxing on at some places and, like, yeah. st- random stuff. I'm like, guys, come on. All right, I promise to get the headlines here in a second. I got one other follow-up question, and this is a good one for the listeners out there on the Stuart Shelby State from hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. That casino, has anybody ever walked out of there with a dime? Money? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I certainly didn't. I came in, so it was a bachelor trip. So uh, my buddy's getting married next week, and I got another buddy that's going to get married later this year, and he's going to take his bachelor party um, in August, like right when football season started. I'm like, I can't make yours, so I'm going to go ahead and treat you on this trip. So I walk in, and I put um, $100 on black for both of them. I'm like, if it hits, y'all split it. 
whatever. That's how we start our trip. It doesn't hit. So the trip just went downhill from there. My Way buddy to set the tone. My buddy played Mississippi Stud, lost seven hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, this ain't uh, this ain't going. So well. you walked out of there with your head between your legs, well, and then you walked go to the Pell's game. I was disappointed. Nothing hit, but I was kind of expecting to blow that money anyway. Just it was their it was their. I don't even like to walk through that casino on the way somewhere. <laughs> it was. We, my buddy, we had to leave the casino early because my buddy was, he lost $700. He's like, I got to go because I'm going to keep betting on things. I got to stop losing money. Yeah. So uh, he's having a rough time this week, I'm sure, with his wife. Tommy uh, weighs in and says, world's worst casino. I agree. I, I don't think I'll ever go back. <laughs> oh, but easy now. Easy I'm, now. I told him, I said, listen, I'm not coming back here. We, we've all lost so much money. We, I can't step back. In this place. You are a sucker for that casino and probably those uh, fruity little drinks down there. They're all sugar. <laughs> no. I will you did not drink one of those fruity little drinks down there. I feel like I'm cross-examining you here. I know. What? What is this? I thought we were Did you not to... drink one of those down there? A hand grenade? Yes. Or, or a hurricane? No, not, not a hurricane. All right. But, you know. All right. We got to the bottom of it. I will say this. I Casinos, I don't love them unless you can sports bet. That's why I love Vegas. Like going to Vegas is fun because you can bet on games, you can chill, watch games all day. It's so much fun. But uh, if you don't have that, you know. I heard a couple good stories uh, yesterday. I was at the ballpark uh, watching Neville and Rustin ran into a buddy, and he uh, spent some time in a Vegas uh, sports book on the opening weekend of March Madness. Something Ooh. we have discussed many times, being on our my bucket list. I don't know about Jake. I would love that. Not. No, it is it's worthy. I asked him uh, during that. Uh, game with the University of Maryland Baltimore County what it was like and he said literally the entire sports book gave University of Maryland Baltimore County a standing ovation following the game oh yeah that would have been awesome I bet it was packed too man yeah. it's hard to, hard to get a seat too. yeah yeah 200 250 dollars just to have a seat to sit in there mm-hmm. ouch all right let's uh discuss uh, <laughs> some headlines for today and talk about uh having a rough night did, should LSU even made the trip to Utah? No. <laughs> did did they make the trip? Oh, that's even a better question. Yeah. Um, no, they had no juice. I mean, no juice. Uh, they went out there, and I will say this: Utah was way better. I mean, they were longer. They were athletic. LSU had trouble against their zone. I mean, you saw that from the very beginning. Uh, LSU trying to go up against that size and that zone. I was just like, man, this is not working. LSU looked confused and just, like I said, they had no energy. LSU lost uh, to Utah 95-71 in the second round of the NIT Lapper on Monday night in Salt Lake City. It was over after the first quarter. And, yeah, they play quarters in the NIT. But uh, Utah scored 30. It was 30-11 to after the first quarter. And Utah was, I think, shot close to 80% in the first quarter. I mean, it was, it was over. And uh, LSU just didn't have that firepower to come back. I will say one thing that did happen in that game was uh, Tremont Waters passed um, P- Pete Maravich mm-hmm. and another player for second all-time in assist in a season mm. in school history. So that was pretty that was pretty cool to see. But other than that, man, that was that was really the only bright spot. Utah basically didn't miss uh, much of anything on the night, hitting 33 of 57 from the field. You do the math, that's about 58%, and they were 14 of 29 from three-point land, about 52%. So they knocked down 14 three-pointers. Ouch. LSU's postseason run comes to an end. You look at LSU, and since that run by uh, John Brady, in the 12 seasons since that run by LSU, the Tigers are 3-5 and five in five postseason appearances, 1-2, and two, in NCAA games and two and three in the NIT, they haven't advanced past the second round in either of those tournaments. Mm, that's a good stat. Yeah. It's been rough, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the I, eternal optimist over here with uh, LSU hoops says everything's going to change next year. Yeah, how can you not say that? How can you not say that after Will Wade won 18 games with this ragtag bunch and the five stars he's bringing in next year, and you return Tremont Waters? Mm. So, yes, very optimistic about LSU's basketball future. Will Wade, by the way, got another technical last night. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking at a picture here. He's got some of the strangest looks on the sidelines, and then when it's a still photo. <laughs> he's he's an odd odd guy. Yeah. He's like he's like a 
he's kind of nerdy, yeah. but he gets fired up. It's I don't know. It he's, he cracks me up sometimes watching him. That's a good point. By uh, well, Tommy says fourteen for twenty nine is not fifty two percent. Good point. That's why I don't even listen to him, Tommy. Yeah. I didn't even hear him say that. Yeah, well, and that's what I get for just reading somebody else's work too. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else did the math. <laughs> Uh, I do have to ask you this, though. Uh, the news did break or it came out when we uh, were off or maybe you were on Friday and I was not here and then you were off on Monday. We talked a lot extensively about the Cajuns and, of course, LSU squaring off in the near future. And Will Wade says, why would we do that? It doesn't help our RPI. Yeah. And then, of course, we'd heard rumblings and rumors that it already was a done deal that LSU was playing ULM next year. Uh-huh. So now Will Wade has to backpedal a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um and also, is he playing Southeastern too? I, th- I think Southeastern's on the schedule as well. But yeah, uh, it doesn't. If anybody's going to meet the requirements, uh, you'd think ULL would, would meet it over ULM, because Will Wade kind of said that, said that um, in his defense, saying that you know the SEC forces them to schedule a team who has a rolling RPI of I forgot what the number was, but he's saying ULL does not meet that criteria. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe that ULM would meet that criteria, and ULL wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, ULM reportedly getting uh, eighty grand for that game. Quint says LSU should ask all their opponents to wear ULL jerseys to get the Tigers fired up. Yeah, they should. I don't think that would have helped last <laughs> night, though. Whew, that was ugly. <laughs> all right, other headlines on this Tuesday morning, Jake. Other headlines. Uh, your boy, LeBron, mm-hmm. became the third oldest player to record a 40-point triple-double. Mm-hmm against the Bucks last night in a win. So uh, I thought that was nice. And I forgot I, I meant to do this, and I got sidetracked. You kept trying to talk to me this morning. I'm like, let me do my job, Aaron. God forbid. I wanted to uh, look up and see if LeBron had an Instagram post about it, but yeah. I failed to do that. Mm. I will check on that at the break. we got uh, more headlines coming up in the next segment. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Painter. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Uh, this is a huge week in uh, high school baseball. Several marquee matchups, including you got Neville West Washtenaw this week. You got Rustin West Monroe. Big week of uh, on the diamond for uh, area softball squads. Rustin's head coach Toby White will join us at 7:30. Bearcats, I wouldn't say it was a classic, but they won, and they beat Neville last night, 11-10. to 10. You'll hear from Coach White coming up at 7.30 at 8 o'clock. Gus Cattengill will join us from the Big Easy at 8.30. Lane Burroughs joins us for his weekly visit. Diamond Dogs, man. Uh, some of these numbers, these national numbers for them right now, is really uh, mind-boggling. Yeah, well, they're coming off of a sweep of rice, yeah. which is a huge deal. I don't care what rice's record is. It's always a big deal if you sweep rice. You got those numbers pulled up? Obviously. All right, well, I'm waiting for you. I was trying to set the table for you. We're uh, a little out of sync here. Yeah, you did it well. Uh, team ERA, second in the country. Wow. 1.89. Not surprising, though, when you think of what Louisiana Tech has done this year. Strikeout to walk ratio? third in the country. RPI, 58. They're climbing up. Climbing up. Third best in Conference USA. And we've been uh, beating this uh, for a while. The attendance continues to improve. Another nice showing, of course, this past weekend. They're averaging at 1,650. That's the third best in Conference USA. That is the 38th best in the country. Will they break 25 this year? That remains the question. They're off to a good start. They are off to a great start. More uh, facts and figures on Louisiana Tech baseball coming up later in the show. Diamond Dogs are going on the road tonight to take on Northwestern State. Then tomorrow they'll return to the friendly confines of J.C. Left Field to square off against the Warhawks. Also, we need to figure out what we're doing for Top Ten Thursday. I'm thinking it's this should be a no-brainer. It should just be craziest March Madness moment mm. since what we just witness this weekend uh some some things that will definitely make the list um yeah might as well go there right yeah can't fail with that taking nominations 
Yeah. Convince, what, convince us what needs to be in the top five. Convince us what should be number one. 888-993-7762. Let us know. Uh, we got some other uh, clips and some other headlines coming up. Uh, Joe Thomas trying to crack some uh, jokes at his retirement ceremony. Yeah, see, I missed this. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait and listen to it when everybody else does, but you are not a fan of it. Not a fan at all. Uh, Tom Izzo, his future at Michigan State, some say is still in jeopardy. Izzo fires back. Also, uh, the Honey Badger, not going to New Orleans, doesn't want to be a part of the Saints. He takes a one-year deal with the Texans. You'll hear from him coming up later in the show. And apparently he was offered more money elsewhere, but he wanted to go play with J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney and company, and quite frankly, I can't blame him. Mm. Uh, also has some uh, broadcasting news and notes, including the numbers from this past weekend with Tiger Woods playing, and I ran over the music. I was about to say, I have tried, we ever I, done that? I tried to time it out, and it did not work. And then a uh, big decision coming up for Peyton Manning. I think they've set the deadline uh, for this week, whether he will join the Thursday night broadcast crew or not. Is it is that the $100 million reported yeah. deal? Holy cow. Yeah. That's going to be crazy if, if that's the case. We're on our second music here, second music bed. 888-993-7762. You can join the conversation on the morning drive. All right, Gary, thanks for keeping us honest. He says, I can't believe you guys didn't report that Jordan Lee won the Bassmaster Classic back-to-back this past weekend. You know we are a fishing community. Come on, man. Frank's up there with tennis and soccer. I Point taken. We discussed that in our, our pre-show meeting, didn't we, Aaron? Yeah, Tabor vetoed it. Tabor vetoed it. Blame Tabor. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I am fired up for this week. Lots of big games locally. We've got... Uh, like we said, West Washington and Neville squaring off in district play. So important because Neville's still trying to find its footing and uh, West Washington as well. And so that's going to be huge. And then West Monroe rusting baseball, mm-hmm. that's going to be big. And uh, West Monroe getting a little bit of momentum but still trying to find its footing as well. And uh, tonight, actually, Washington softball squaring off with Ash. Mm. Has anybody in, in the country played a more difficult softball schedule than Tim Whitman? Hmm. This isn't one versus two like last year, though. Right? No, it's not one versus in two. In the country. Yeah, no, it's not that. Um, but, man, if you look at who Washtenaw's played this year, and I'm not even talking about just Louisiana. They've gone all across the south and went to Houston and played some really tough teams. Man, they've played a who's who this year and have a 12-3 and three record to show for it. So, they're they're stout yet again. Quint says top ten UFC knockout calls, so Jake doesn't get bored with these lists. That's coming up in uh, July when I disappear to Mexico for a week or so. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Book it, book it, baby. All right, let's go to a couple of NFL news and notes. Let's start with uh, Honey Badger Tyron Matthew not coming to New Orleans. Of course, uh, the news uh, last week, he decides instead to take a just a one year deal with the Houston Texans. What do we make of this? Uh, well, maximum value of seven million dollars. Yeah, that's just a one-year deal. Um, here's the thing: I think he needs to continue to prove that he can play healthy, that he can stay healthy. I and in three of his uh, first four seasons on the injured reserve due to uh, knee and shoulder injuries, but was healthy in uh, 2017. Played all 16 games. In fact, led the NFL in snaps yeah. played. I was just about to say he played more snaps than anybody last year. But I think you need to see it. You know, once if he if he shows that off again this year, maybe he does get, you know, a big time deal, a deal that he, a deal like he wanted in Arizona that he couldn't come to terms with with the front office. But yeah, um, I, I think and Aaron, I didn't get to talk to you about this. Me and uh, Jamie Fox, Puff Daddy, we talked about this Friday about how New Orleans would be, you know, because everybody's fantasizing thinking about getting Honey Badger in New Orleans play for the Saints, but. I don't know if that would be good for him, you know, personally, just because of of his ties there, his old ties there. And, you know, he's doing so well. He did so well at Arizona. And, you know, going to a place like Houston, you, you would think he would continue to do well. It's I, really an incredible success story. It is. And, and I said that Friday. I, I think it's an amazing success story. It's one of my favorite stories the last couple of years. To see him be banned, for, to, to get kicked off of LSU, his sophomore year, or his, his junior year. And the then, route he was going down in the path. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to, to end up being a star in the NFL and, and to he's have. He's 25. He's only 25. I saw that this morning. I was like, man, it seems like he's so much older. One thing, though, I, I do want to mention in talking about Tyron Matthew. Um, somebody caught it with Les Miles uh-huh. and, and asked his thoughts on it. I'm going to read you his quote. Not only am I proud, his teammates are proud. He goes back to the city. 
and he puts on a it's about New Orleans and he puts on a free clinic for underprivileged kids. The point is, if I can do it, you can do it. He's a spectacular man. He works his butt off to do the things that he can he can for his teammates, for his neighborhood, for his community. And they asked him, what would you like to say to Tyron? He said, I would say. Way to go. I'd say way to be Tyron Matthew. Way to be exactly the guy we all would predict you to be and root for him hard, as is the state of Louisiana. And uh, Tyron Matthew retweeted that and said, that's my guy for life. I dispute that quote a little bit. That didn't sound like Les Miles. It did sound like Where it. was the one? Where was the quality? The qu- <laughs> He's a quality guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you read it, like, if you just read it without me reading it in that voice, okay. you can definitely see Les Miles talking like that. Here's a little bit from a Honey Madger at his press conference with the Texans talking about uh, why he felt more at home there than perhaps in New Orleans. For uh, new JJ for a couple of years, uh, me and him actually share the same agents, and um, so we've had a couple lunches together. We've been able to communicate, you know, via phone, via text, social media, things like that. Um, you know, I just want to come to a group uh, where guys were hungry. Um, you know, obviously, I'm I'm very hungry uh, at this point in my career. I wanted to come to a team uh, that had great potential, um, a team that was dominant on defense, um, and I think I made the right choice. Well, it was an exciting football team to watch, especially you know when uh, Deshaun was 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 healthy, and um, you know I think having him, you know I think it gives a lot of us confidence, um, and I think anytime you play on a team with a quarterback with his kind of capabilities, um, it always gives your team an advantage and. Like I just mentioned, the guys on defense, you know, um, I think those guys are dominant um, as well. So, um, you know, it was a great group for me. They got some great leaders, uh, some great veterans in the secondary. Um, and I've always had that where I came from. And um, so I'm just looking forward to, to really gelling with the guys, you know, um, coming in here, just putting the work in and um, just, you know, letting those guys get to know me. Good for him. Happy for him. Yeah, one-year deal. See how it plays out. And who's saying perhaps after a year he doesn't arrive in the Big East. Yeah, maybe he gets a big deal. I, I hope I hope it works out for him. I really do. I am rooting for him. So uh, let me get this story right. So Cleveland's kind of making a push. There's a little uh, optimism going into next year, correct, with all the different uh, wheeling and dealing and now with the uh, draft taking place? A little bit. I, I don't know if it's – you know, they haven't landed a huge free agent, but they have done some work. They have – they've done it. I, I'll say this. I'll say it like this. They've taken some pressure off of themselves in the draft. I think there's less pressure now – Jarvis Landry isn't huge. Jarvis Landry is big, but okay, they got one big one. I'm not. I'm not considered. He's big, okay. Right. But but Carlos Hyde and and Tyra Taylor aren't necessarily right. big. But yes, Jarvis Landry was a big guy. All right, I'm making this reference because they're on the rise, considering where they were. I think so. Treading up. Treading they still, up. They still have to do some work in the draft, but yes, they 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 are trending up. And then it's ironic now. Joe Thomas is walking out. And what he's gone through in his future Hall of Fame career. Yes, it is odd. What it, what else is odd is that he would not do well in his retirement speech. He did have a couple good lines, and unfortunately, I edited those out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! <laughs> this is what, what a guy! This is, is the media for goodbye, you. Goodbye, not because I'm retiring, because I'm merely changing jobs from being your left tackle to being the number one fan of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Plus the Kleenex. That was his one quote. It was good. This one good quote. And then he gets up there and he tries to use a little bit of humor and uh, maybe a few bashes in there, just what he's endured while he was with Cleveland. Here's Joe Thomas. Offseason, there was a lot of people that reached out to me when they heard I was considering retirement. Um, They had an opportunity to talk to me and give their input. And uh, one of the guys that talked to me was actually Kyle Shanahan, and uh, he put together a 32-point slide presentation on PowerPoint telling me why I need to come back. Um, Unfortunately, that didn't work. Ray Farmer tried to text me, um, but it was during a game, and unfortunately, he was suspended for that. Um, Eric Mangini wanted to reach out to me because I had a couple years with him, and he thought it was important to hear a few things from him, but uh, unfortunately, he said I was going to have to ride eight hours with him on a bus to Connecticut if I wanted to hear all about it, so I turned that down. Um, Brandon Whedon still has my phone number somehow after uh, all these years, and he tried to call me, but he ended up still being stuck under that giant American flag, uh, so he didn't get any reception. Um, Sashi tried to trade some information with me uh, about my retirement, but unfortunately, it, it didn't get in in time. 
Um, Johnny tried to call me from the club, but his money phone apparently didn't have very good service. And uh, in the end, we all know that the reason I retired was because of Robert Griffin III. It was definitely his fault. Well played. <laughs> a lot so, of inside jokes there, and especially if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you would get a majority of them. But since none of us really are Browns fans, uh, some of them fall flat. Well, even the everybody remembers the Brandon Whedon situation, right. and that one was – it just took too long. The delivery was bad, man. <laughs> Jake's breaking down the <laughs> breaking comedy down the routine. Is that what this joke is now? <laughs> I mean, this, is that what this show is? No, I just think – the Mangini reference was he would have Brown's rookies bus from uh, Connecticut back and forth during a, a coaching clinic that he was having. Shanahan put together like a 32-page point PowerPoint presentation on why they should let the Browns let him go when he was the offensive coordinator after the 2014 season. I think it was a good idea. I just think uh, they fell flat. Uh, Joe Thomas, just a remarkable career. The other thing that caught me a little off guard, by he, he made his way to the uh, – you know, Cleveland game, and he was there hugging with uh, LeBron James. Literally, LeBron James was bigger than him, and I think that just shows you sometimes you forget how huge LeBron is. James is. Yeah. Uh, hey, have we talked about the Pittsburgh and uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster trying to recruit LeBron to come play for the Steelers? You can see why people have always fantasized about LeBron in, a, in, a, in shoulder pads. I mean, just what he would do on the football field. It would be amazing to see. Uh, one other uh, news and note uh, with the NFL. We talked about it. ESPN and Fox were uh, pursuing Manning, Peyton Manning, for around uh, $10 million per year. According to several different reports, uh, Manning has declined the ESPN mm -hmm. offer. But, of course, uh, for Thursday Night Football, it is still on the table. Uh, they put a soft deadline last week. This is according to an awful announcing uh, basically, they're saying he's got this week to decide whether or not he wants to be in the broadcasting booth. Are they offering him similar money? No details of that. Okay. Well, good for Peyton. Go get your money. Hmm. Not like you need it, but whatever. Uh, there have been other reports, of course, that uh, Jason Witten might be under consideration. Greg Olson could be a an option. So then, And then, of course, we just uh, heard from uh, Joe Thomas in his comedy act. Perhaps he could be coming to Thursday Night Football. Uh, none of them will be better than Tony, our guy Tony Romo. Now, I, I do think Peyton would be, but the others, eh, I have my doubts. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Let's talk a little uh, high school baseball after the break. Jake, I've been fired up for high school baseball for quite some time. I know you're just getting on board. This is a big week, though. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just getting on board. Yeah, huge week. Got West Washington Neville squaring off. Also, in 5A, you got Rustin and West Monroe squaring off. I'm, I'm fired up for that. We had a little baseball last night. Uh, Rustin winning a squeaker 11-10 versus Neville. There were a lot, of, a lot of drama in this, a lot of momentum shifts. Bearcats head coach Toby White joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, how you doing this morning, bud? Doing well. Thank you, guys. Do I call it a squeaker? Do I call it a thriller? Or how would you describe last night's game with the Neville Tigers? <laughs> well, from a, from a spec, spectator's point of view, it was a fun ball game. From a coach's point of view, that was not one you want to be involved in. So <laughs> uh, it was uh, kind of, you know, you feel like you're on cruise control a little bit, and I think maybe that's the problem. We felt like we were on cruise control, and uh, Neville – made a heck of a run at us right there at the end, and then we were fortunate to come back and hold on. Yeah, I think you jumped out. Uh, you scored three in the third, and then eventually you go up eight to one, and they kept pecking away at you guys. But I, I think it was, what, eight to three going into the seventh, so I figured it was probably a good time to go have dinner and, and grab a Subway. And then I get a text that they uh, respond and tie that thing up in the uh, bottom of the seventh. What's the message to the team at that point, just in terms of blowing that lead but getting refocused still at the task at hand? Well, we talked about it at the end of the ball game after it was over with. Um, uh, something we've talked about all year, about you never know which at bat, you never know which play in the field, uh, you never know which ball in play, which pitch is going to be the pitch that makes the difference. And I pointed out some runs that we gave up early on some uh, some mistakes we made in the field that 
you know, never should have got us in that position in the first place. Uh, so, you know, always an opportunity to learn. And But I was proud of the kids for coming back because they were pretty down coming in the dugout uh, after we uh, had the lead in the bottom of the seventh. But uh, they refocused and came back and did a good job and held on. Yeah, and of course you score three at the top of the inning to take the lead, then hold on after Neville puts together a nice rally and is really threatening there late. What's it like, Coach, as you're trying to mix and match your pitching staff and trying to get through this game because you certainly know what's on the horizon this week? Yeah, these uh, games before the district, you gotta kind of got to be careful where you're pitching, like, like you just said. So we kind of had to look at what we were going. We had a freshman uh, warming up in the bullpen right there at the end, hoping to try to maybe see if we could – could do something if we needed him so uh you got to kind of look at it down the road and you know you want to win that ball game you look at each one of them but you realize you've got some more coming down the road too so you're exactly right you got to kind of mix mix and match and as they say play the hand you've got Uh, i know it's been a little bit of a bumpy road for you guys in non-district play how do you feel about this team right now with of course that matchup with the rebels on the horizon well, we, we've played a good schedule. Um, we won't always do that. These tournaments, we go down to New Orleans and try to play. And, of course, Trey Altic's always a great tournament. And uh, we played some good competition. I really want the guys to feel like, as we go into district, that, you know, you, you're prepared and you're ready to, to face the, the district schedule. And uh, that tournament is a grind. And hopefully the kids, you know, will relax and feel like that they're in a good and, you know, uh, I think it was Coach Wooden says, confidence comes from being prepared. So hopefully we feel like we're prepared. And, uh, you know, I know Wade and them over at West Monroe, they've done, they have played a brutal schedule, just like Neville has too. Mm-hmm. They've played a brutal schedule, and, you know, they're going to be prepared too. And so it's that time of year, the weather's warming up, and, uh, you know, some good ball ahead. Seems like you've had a nice, a great run of just high-profile players, and you have another one this year in C.J. Willis, and I know he's a little beaten up. Uh, how has he handled that situation so far? He's done well. Uh, when he went out, uh, of course, that's a big. Anytime you lose a player of his caliber, that, that affects you. There's no doubt about that because uh, now you've got to reshuffle your lineup a little bit and, some, uh, but it gives some kids some opportunities that may not have had some opportunities to do, and so that's that's been good for us to see some other guys step up and do some things that, uh, you know, give them a chance and opportunity. And of course, he's back now, so that's good. But uh, he's not being able to play in the field, and he has the DH, so that uh, I won't say it creates a problem, but it. it creates another scenario that you weren't prepared for going into the season that you hate this late in the season to be still be experimenting a little bit with your lineup but we we still are uh, but you know I guess it's it's better than alternative so it's it's a good problem to have I guess when do you expect him or will he be able to return to the field and be behind the plate this year uh, right now we don't expect him to be back in the field. Uh, he's on a throwing program right now, and uh, just you know, it's a matter of uh, good news that it didn't need surgery, uh, but it's going to require quite a uh, quite a bit of rehab, and he's doing that now and progressing real well. Uh, but at the same time, too, I didn't expect him back in the lineup at at least not this early, uh, swinging the bat. So that's good. But he's uh, he's working at it, and so you know you cross your fingers and not expecting it but if it happens hey that's a bonus from a coach has dealt with a lot of these high profile players then they've had a lot of scouts of course attending games and checking them out what kind of advice do you give them handling the situation and the pressure that comes with that well uh been fortunate like you said we've had a couple guys that have that have had some of this attention before so We've had a little bit, and the biggest advice you give them is, look, you just got to focus on the ball game. And I know that sounds cliche, and I know that sounds easy to do, but, uh, uh, you know, Ivan Wilson did a great job of it. Uh, Burke Halter did a great job of it, too. And uh, so far, uh, CJ's done a great job of it, too. And, and you, mo- most important of all, you want to remind them, look, just keep being a great teammate. 
just keep your teammates in mind, and uh, he's he's done that, done a very good job of that, and understanding that he's got teammates that are that are around him, and they're important too. So he's done a very good job of that, and we're very proud of him. And uh, you know, probably that's as much as anything, because sometimes uh, guys want to get caught up, and it's about me, and I have to perform. But uh, just keep being a great teammate is probably the biggest message. And once again. Uh, he's done a great job of that. Rushton head baseball coach Toby White joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, we mentioned a big challenge for you guys this week versus the Rebels. Uh, how much do you look forward to a series like this against West Monroe? Well, you always want to, uh, you know, like I said, play a good schedule, especially early on to prepare for, for teams like West Monroe. And, uh, you know, Wade and those guys, they do a good job. And like I said before, they played a brutal schedule. And they'll be they'll be ready. Um, they'll be ready to go because they've uh, they're well prepared. And but we look forward to it for the simple fact of uh, you know it's West Monroe and it's Ruston and we've had some good battles over the last few years. They've had a number of the last couple, and uh, but we've had some good battles, and so hopefully we'll be able to get in there and compete with them and and have a good series. Coach, from a guy that's been around these uh, parts for quite a while now, this is not your first rodeo. The quality of baseball in North Louisiana, solid, above average, spectacular. How would you define it this year? You know, uh, every year uh, you always hear about a lot of the other teams and a lot of teams down south, but every year when it comes playoff time and you look down in uh, little old North Louisiana for as few, few schools as we have uh, up here compared to uh, – you know, South Louisiana, we're always well represented up here uh, with some good baseball. And I just don't think it gets enough credit for the quality of baseball and the, the quality of baseball players that are up here, especially when you look at, you know, when you break down the brackets and break down the districts, uh, how few teams are up here compared to the number of teams that are down south. Uh, there's plenty of quality uh, down there. There's no doubt about it. But as uh, far as the number up here, I don't think it gets quite the credit it deserves. But uh, I think the numbers speak for themselves. If you'll you'll look back and who's won how many state championships up here in North Louisiana and who goes deep in the playoffs every year, we're, we're, we are well represented. And one final point, Coach, and you saw it last night in Bonato Field, and you guys have made major improvements to your facility out there. You go over to West Monroe and what they continue to do. That is a big part of it, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that's a big part of it, too. But, uh, you know, but that, that goes back, especially from our point of view, you know, our administration and our school board of, of you know, wanting to, wanting to put into it and wanting to invest in it and wanting to invest in these kids. And, you know, we've got a lot, a lot of parents uh, in this community that have done a lot for our program in particular, and I know they do for every program around. Uh, And, you know, we had, with the improvements at our place, we had parents who didn't have kids in in the program anymore that were just as happy and thrilled to see a lot of the improvements out at our place because they had invested for so long and they just want to see other kids uh, reap the benefits of it. So, yes, I, it, it's it's a credit to, you know, the people people around out there in the community. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Good luck this week versus uh, West Monroe. We'll catch up here in a few weeks. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We've got several uh, baseball notes to, to stem off of that. Uh, first of all, Losing C.J. Willis at catcher is a huge deal because I don't think people understand the type of pressure he puts on coaches and on base runners. People are less likely to steal when they see that strong arm behind the plate. That's a, that's a big weapon missing, first of all. Uh, secondly, you know, West Monroe versus Ruston this week that kicks off district play. West Monroe has dominated that district under Wade Seminole. I think Seminole's only lost one district game. That's not including the the Ruston win in the playoffs uh, two years ago, but uh, yeah, it's in district play. They have absolutely dominated district play. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out this year. Now that they're trying to rebuild off of that great season that they had a year ago, um, he mentioned great teams in the area, and we all know this. But I, I want to point out OCS and the season that they're having. They're twelve and two right now, 
And in the Sports City Grill Tournament this past weekend, they scored 38 runs in four games. 38 runs in four. And I'm talking about against the Rustins, against the Evangels, against the Bentons. They're playing big-time squads and scoring runs like that. And they've done that all season long. I think they're making a strong case this year. They could have the best lineup in Northeast Louisiana. I mean, they, you look from one through nine, they are producing at OCS. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned last week the, the, the Sterlington-West Washtenaw game, how big that was. Failed to mention that West Washtenaw's win actually broke Sterlington's 21-game win streak uh, if, if it extended back to their 2A state championship run. So a lot of good baseball in this area. I know if you just look at the records, you can, you can think it might be down. But, again, these schools are playing – the cream of the crop right now and, and if you just see the actual play on the field I think they're going to turn it around you're going to see when the postseason comes we're going to have a lot of teams in the conversation hmm. at 888-993-7762 it's a Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line sometimes you forget also these coaches wear a lot of different hats I'm hitting up coach White after the game last night and long pause long delay and he said ah just getting back i was driving the bus back so yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably doing the laundry right after yeah, that probably so probably so let's talk a little uh, march madness coming up after the break welcome back to the morning drive Aaron and jake hanging out here in the caldwell banker group one realty studio in west Monroe. let's get the t- uh, text line fired up again text calls you name it, hit us up, 888-993-7762. Now that we've had a, a few days to chew, of course, on what we witnessed over this past weekend in the NCAA tournament, and now look forward to this week, uh, what are some of the biggest observations or some of your biggest talking points, Jake? If you if you preview it, if you look forward, I think the biggest thing for me is the not necessarily the lack of star power because you still got some big-time schools in there. But if you look at the games Thursday, for instance, that's going to take up. You're going to get two games coming out of there to, that are in the Final Four. And you run through them, Loyola, Chicago, Nevada, Texas A&M, Michigan, Kansas State, Kentucky, Florida State, Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. So Let's make this point, first of all. And we all love the upsets and what this has done to the brackets. And sure, everybody's like, sure. oh, there's some great stories Chaos. out there. The only other issue now that you have come with it, as it reaches the next round, and of course, right. the entire country, a majority of the country, are now going to be watching the entirety of these games. You're like, uh, some of these matchups aren't as attractive anymore. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm getting to. I think, you know, if you look at Friday's games, that's a different story. You got a couple of bigger names in there. I mean, everybody's going to be rooting for Loyola, Chicago, and, and, and you know, teams like that, but. If you just look at the, the teams that I just mentioned, I think your best bet is to have Michigan and Kentucky emerge. Therefore, you know, you get them all coming out of that side of the bracket. And then on the other side, you can have – you still have Kansas, Villanova, Duke. Yeah. You know, you still got some big-time players in that side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. My, my only point is we could – if this thing continues to, to go in this chaotic, you know, way, chaotic trend – uh, and I don't know if March Madness is usually chaotic, but this is more chaotic than usual. If it continues to go off-road like that, you're going to have some pretty ugly Final Four matchups potentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and for me, I love the upset. I usually like one team making a run. I so like, you're saying a Kansas State-Nevada, an Elite Eight matchup, doesn't do a lot for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it does not. Yeah. Um, and I don't care how much. So no matter what in the South, they need Kentucky to make a they run at this. need Kentucky because a Kentucky Loyola Illinois Chicago matchup that would be. that would be fun. I think, like I said, if you had one Cinderella story going, that's 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 fun. But you can't have like you can't have an 11 seed. So you want your cake and eat it too. Yes, <laughs> you can't have an 11 seed, a nine seed, an eight seed, and a six seed in the final four. It just it's, it's just unattractive mm. to me, and I, and I think the ratings will reflect that. Um, but, again, if you have a, an 11 seed in Louisville, Chicago, if they make it all the way to the Final Four and then you have Kentucky and Kansas and Duke, man, that would be fun. That would that would definitely get some eyeballs on it. But that's just what I'm saying. I, I just think that, you know, you see all these top teams go down. It's it's fun in the moment. But then you start to look ahead and you're like, eh, what's that going to be like when we get to the lead eight? What's mm-hmm. that going to look like? That's kind of been my biggest takeaway so far. All right, let's look at the best possible scenarios then in each region. Uh, the South, I think uh, you'd go for Kentucky, Loyola. 
Yeah, I'd also go for with Michigan. Well, then you're talking about the West. Michigan, of course, uh, has to get by Texas A&M and then Florida State and Gonzaga. Yes. So then you're looking. You're you're you'd love to see a Michigan Gonzaga match up there. I would personally, and and Michigan. I don't know. I'm starting to look at A and M and think this is this is kind of fun too. Well, that's just because then you can come back and say, well, LSU <laughs> beat the Aggies them. twice this year. That just means we were that close to being in the Elite Eight, but, the Final Four, running, making a run in You figured me out, Aaron. I know. Yeah, that's it doesn't it. take a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, I just think uh, it's it's kind of because at times this year they looked absolutely awful. I mean, look at the two games against LSU; they looked mm-hmm. really bad. Here goes that tie-in. And yeah. then, but to see them, see what they did to UNC, and I'm not talking about just beating yeah. them. I'm talking about drumming them. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it, it was to the point to where you were like, North Carolina, show some pride, show a little pride here. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that's a, that's one of the better stories so far. What would you say aside from the aside from Virginia losing? Mm-hmm. What would you say has been the most surprising result? Because Virginia is the no-brainer. We've never seen a number sixteen seed beat a number one seed, so that's a no-brainer. But you take that out of the equation. What sticks out the most to you so far in March Madness? Mm, Nevada being down like they were down, what twenty-two with less than eleven <laughs> minutes to go. That is an epic collapse right there. Uh, some would go back to Buffalo beating Arizona, but the, the issues that Arizona's had in the year that they've had, perhaps not. Uh, uh, Loyola Chicago still has to be not just one, but two wins. Yeah, Loyola Chicago is a great story. I think it's Cincinnati and Xavier both losing on the same mm-hmm. night. You know, people forget they're they're right next to each other. They They've got a rivalry, you know, that's – they hate each other like Alabama and Auburn hate each other, okay? And so for them to both be basketball powers this year and both go down on the same night, that was shocking. And, and I, you know, I say that knowing or, or thinking that Xavier was going to lose. They were the number one seed that I actually got the Florida State over Xavier pick correct on my bracket. Don't ask me about the rest of my bracket because it's not correct, but uh, I actually got that one. So that one wasn't so shocking. But to see Cincinnati go down as well, man. It's been it's been very very strange, but it's been it's been fun. It's been a, a good crazy. Hey, and I have rediscovered another thing that uh, I find less appealing than people talking about their golf games and their fantasy their football brackets. teams. It would be people saying, "Oh, my bracket's up in flyer. It's gone up in flames." <laughs> of course, I mean, yeah. how's your bracket doing, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I tell you I couldn't even get my bracket in this year? My cell phone and my fat fingers, and every time I get halfway through the, filling out the bracket. I'm not surprised. I, I, I mean, God, I feel horrible. Yeah. We need to clean this up. Uh, we went to the one side on the east side. Of course, uh, you get Villanova there. A lot of people now say the chances of, according to ESPN, yes, probabilities at 20. There you go. Jake in his bracket. <laughs> uh, I think Texas Tech would be attractive on that other end of that bracket. And then, of course, in the Midwest. Uh, that's where you got a lot of heavyweights, and of course, yeah. uh, where do you think they're going to stick Syracuse and Duke? Uh, you got a feeling that they think they have some huge ratings for that matchup. That's actually the the nightcap game. That's at eight thirty. Shocker. Friday night. Yeah, um, and of course, you know, and I saw some stuff too after Syracuse um, beat Michigan State. A lot of people were talking about Izzo and how Beheim coached circles around him and all this, and it's like, okay. They 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 trying to act they're trying to act like Syracuse is now this unbeatable force. When I still think if Duke plays up to their standards, if Duke plays at their highest potential and everyone else plays at their highest potential, Duke has the best basketball team. They have the most talent, and if they play up to their potential, I don't think anybody's going to beat them. That said, they don't do that. They they we've seen time and time again this year that you rarely see them perform. Uh, a complete ball game. I mean, you'll get spurts here, and those spurts you're going, wow, who could beat this team? If they've played well so far in this tournament, you got to give it to them. And and it's you know, and they've played much better since going to a zone. And, and this is the first time we've really seen a Duke team go to a zone. But uh, sooner or later, I feel like somebody's going to try to shoot them out of that zone. And, and I'm curious to see how they how they do with the man defense because man, they were bad at it this year. 
Knowing the way you are, uh, the 11th seed Loyola Chicago, you are probably tired of this story, though, and their lucky charm, <laughs> the sister, Jean Delora Schmidt, correct? No, that's you. You're more cynical than I am. No, I am all for this story. I think the more airtime that she gets, the better. This is pretty cool. It's cool, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, 93 years old, correct? I mean, getting to see her in the spotlight. I saw something where somebody asked her, you know you're a national star, right? And she said, let me correct you for a second. Well, international. Did Thanks I just for stealing the thunder. <laughs> I, I got a sound, but it took me about five, ten minutes to find it and edit it, Jake. Oh, you got to tell me this. Uh, man. Uh, you didn't, weren't paying attention to the pre-show meeting. Yeah. But uh, let me set it up for you. Uh, this according <laughs> to the New York Times. Uh, when the head coach there, uh, Porter Moses, he when he took over the job, he found a manila folder on his desk his first day as the head coach in 2011. Sister uh, Jean had compiled a scout report on his team for the new head coach. That's awesome. That is awesome. So her reputation is growing across the country. She is a media darling. She is. She's done uh, several different interviews. Here's one of them when she was asked about her new status in the college basketball community. Everyone is rallying around this team, but you are becoming a national celebrity. (laughs) What do you think of that? Really, if I can correct you, international. (laughs) (laughs) Because they they told me I'm appearing in Mexico and in Great Britain. So I guess that's pretty true. Good job, Jake. That would have played really well. (laughs) I feel like I just told the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I stepped all over your thunder there. Uh, Nick weighs in, says uh, Sister Jean has been to Monroe. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, two years ago, I think. She was born in uh, 1919 in San Francisco, played basketball. I should just let you tell this story, Jake. No, no, go ahead. Background, her bio. No, 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 go uh, ahead. You did all the research, man. I'm, I'm proud of the work you did on this. <laughs> She's an international sensation. <laughs> Hopefully it'll continue for another game or two. Hopefully so. I, that's the that's the center of the story I'm rooting for. But let's get some blue bloods back in there. Let's get to Kansas and get to. I dude, I I need it. Like I, I that's kind of like I've always felt that way. A lot of people love to root on the underdogs. Yes, it's fun in the moment. But I want to see Kentucky, uh, Duke, and and Kansas. I want to see those guys in the Final Four squaring it off with one Cinderella that being Loyola Chicago. That would be fun. Uh, that'll do it for our college basketball segment for this segment, but uh, you'll hear from Tom Izzo a little later in the show on his future at Michigan State. He fires back at his critics. 7 o'clock hour in the books. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, Saints football in the passing of Tom Benson with Gus Caddington. The Morning Drive back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.